Now, there is a growing, growing debate about recessions, but equities for now take a breather. We've got commodity prices. These are important. They are looking very vulnerable at the moment. Rate cuts are progressively getting priced in for 2023. The markets evolve. It's never, ever a dull moment as we go into the trade-off. Hi there, my name's Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in two seconds by my good friend Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics as we slice and dice the financial markets, which I think this week is a defining moment in financial markets. We have gone from one uh, thematic into what I think is the next phase of the situation, which Blake and I will discuss going forward. But as always, if you like the programme, please like the button, hit the like button where you can, subscribe to the channel where you can, leave a comment. We're going to go for a number of factors today, which I think is going to cause massive debate. And as always, you guys have some really interesting comments on, from, on, on markets, commodities, bonds, uh, equities as well. So please, please, please leave a comment. Blake and I will get back to you as soon as we can. Anyway, I'm going to bring the great man into the programme. Blake, how are you, my good friend? I've been away for a couple of weeks. I'm sure you've missed me. My hair's greyer. I'm slightly more tanned, which is great. Um, how have you been? Uh, great, Chris. You know, I've, I've missed you. I've missed um, you and the team. It's uh, nice to have you back. And uh, how was your trip, by the way? Mate, it was good. It was good. Going back to London. London's rarely sunny, but when it is, I think it's one of the greatest cities in the world. And the trains were running on time. Um, probably the biggest well, biggest issue that I took out of that is the cost of living. Everyone's talking about it, whether your gas prices are going up 100 quid a month or you know, the trains are now costing ridiculous amount. They've always been expensive, but just everyone's talking about the cost of living. Uh, you know, We know that's a political debate in, in the US as we go into the midterms, but certainly in what we're seeing around there, because obviously they've had Brexit issues. It's not just been um, you know, the Ukraine situation, which has caused um, prices to move up. But yeah, everyone's cost of living is going up dramatically and it's the talk of the town over there. So it's really interesting times. That, that must be. I, I hear it all about, especially energy yeah. and, you know, repricing everything and how expensive it's getting to live there. It's in crazy, the UK, man. So. It's, we, we probably don't it, see it so much here in Australia, but, you know, it's a, it's, it is prevalent, but not to the, the same sort of magnitude as, as what we're going over there. Anyway, let, all the factors that are driving there, let, it's good to see you again, Blake, but we've got so much to discuss. So let's go into topical thunder and, and go through the big debates causing on the floors at the moment. Like, I think this is a defining show, not a defining moment in markets. Um, we have seen the S&P, the NASDAQ, European equity markets having some bit of a reprieve now. They are finding a bit of a, a short-term low. But is this the low or are we just putting in a short-term bottom before we see uh, another crack coming through? I know we're going to be talking about equities in a second. Um, but, you know, for me, are we, are we taking a breather in risk before another low leg lower? Um, and how do you play this? You know, I, I, I know we're going to talk a lot about the markets and the broad markets in general. Yeah. And, and I do, I, I am a little skeptical to sell down at these levels. And I think over time we are moving lower, Chris, but sentiment's extremely bearish. Everybody, as you pointed out, everybody's talking about a recession. I think that's obviously the, the, the base case right now. Yeah. And because everybody's so bearish, because sentiment is so, so negative, I do think there is a risk of a summer bounce. And uh, as, as markets stabilize, I don't think that the market's going to go very far. I don't think we're going to all-time highs, but I do think we're going to get a bounce. And, and we have to always remember, dead cap bounces in the markets when you're in a bear market 
those 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 dead cat bounces can be really aggressive. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing that you you have to you have to see if it does develop and it does manifest, it could end up being quite pretty aggressive. But one of the other things that I wanted to point out regarding equities and and not from the a technical point of view is that the stock market started the year at the very high and 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 we're down over 20% on the S&P just you know i'm just talking about the s&p obviously you can look at other markets and other indexes and you're going to find some variations there yeah. but the broad markets we're down over 20% right now that is not a normal close for any market in any year no. you know what i mean so i would think that we have some sort of volatility from here on out and and maybe some sort of recovery into year end I, I i i i think yeah any bounce that we get i'm a seller of that i think rallies are to be sold here the fed put now is 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 the fed call um and i think you know given what we heard from jerome powell that 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 the chance of a recession is 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 a possibility in fact it's going to be hard to avoid a you know to to you know to to actually engineer a soft landing i think what we're seeing now is an evolution to one now where the market is discounting an ever-growing chance of a recession and commodities are leading us lower. They led us up. Inflation expectation and inflation have pushed up because of commodities. Now we're seeing commodities roll over in the next phase of this situation. So commodity stocks, energy stocks are starting to fall over. Now that will lead us to one of the greatest buying opportunities, I think, in risk assets going forward. But earnings still need to come down. They're still way, way too high. There's no way we're going to get 9% earnings growth this year. Um, you know, 228 is expected. We're going to go into the July earnings season. I, I think we go lower, personally. I, I, I've actually got a longer, uh, sorry, medium-term target on the S&P around 3,200. I think we can go lower in this market before we start botting them out and, and going higher. But for now, rallies are to be sold as we go into that situation there. Well, that sounds good. You know, now I'm going to talk about cryptos. I want to turn it over to cryptos, but I do want to mention once again, make sure you guys and gals stick around because we're going to be talking about some of the technical levels mm-hmm. in the S&P and, and where those targets might be uh, moving forward. So, so make sure you stick around for that. Now, I do want to talk about the crypto crash that we got uh, just over this weekend. I don't know if you were traveling, if you had gotten home yet, but Bitcoin slipped below 20,000. We actually hit 127% extension yeah. of the, I want to say it was the 2000, uh, I don't have the charts right in front of me. It was like the 2022 previous low to the high. Uh, and and we we hit 127% extension, like just, just below 18K. We bounced back and, you know, I, I got to ask, Chris, do you think this is the low in cryptos? I mean, I'm skeptical about it. And I've got some setups that are going to reflect that in a little bit. But is this a low? I mean, you've had altcoins. Some of them are yeah. down 85, 90%. There's the, the uh, total market cap is of cryptocurrencies is below a trillion now. What do you say? Is this a buying opportunity or are they going lower? We've been talking going about lower. them moving lower and yeah, they have. So what do you think low. here? Going lower. Do you know what I'd be doing, Blake? I'd, I'd yeah. be getting some money out of the market and... And I love the idea that we're going to see a turn. There's going to be a pivot, right? If you look at the interest rate markets for 2023, for next year, the euro dollar futures are pricing in 40 basis points of cuts, right? So there's progressively getting more rate cuts in. The market is saying we're going to see economic fragility coming through. This recession is going to beef up. And at some stage, the Fed will be forced to pivot. That moment will be the moment that you start buying crypto. You start buying growth stocks. You start buying the NASDAQ. But, and you buy the stuff that goes up the fastest, effectively, in that situation. Crypto is always going to do well, the testers of this world. So there's more pain to come, in my opinion, as we price in this recession. The moment that we see, the market says that bad news is good news, 
at the moment, bad news is bad news, I think is the buying opportunity in crypto. We're not there yet. So I think we've got more downside. I'd be selling rallies in, in crypto. I think we gravitate to round numbers in crypto. It loves 40,000. It held there for a while. It then moved down to 30,000, held there for a while. It's got down to 20,000. We're just holding that level now. And you know, perhaps we can go down to 12 to 10,000, and that would coincide with the Fed pivoting. And so I think there's more downside. But when for, for those hodlers out there, for my, my view is, is that when we get the Fed coming out and, and pivoting, which I think is inevitably going to happen further down the line, it could be two or three months, there's going to be a fantastic buying opportunity in these cryptos. But for now, I think there's further downside in this. There really are. And, and a lot of people think, you know, if you're a buyer of Bitcoin here or it goes down to 10,000, what's the difference if you're going to hang on to it? There's a lot of difference between here and 10,000. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a 50% off from current levels yeah. if we get there. Do you know the average, so. the, average, uh, the average buy price for all crypto, all Bitcoin in circulation, according to Glassnode, was 23,340. So the market's about 13% out of the money at the moment. So there's going to be a wow. bit of pain going down into that. But yeah, I think, you know, crypto's, uh, Bitcoin's, uh, correlation with, with, with the S&P is around 92% 20-day rolling correlation. So where equities goes, crypto is going to go down at that same point. Anyway, let's go into commodities because commodities for me is the big talking point right now. You know, crude, we're going to go through the technicals at the moment, but that was down hard yesterday. This is like falling commodity prices, copper, go and have a look at industrial metals getting absolutely tailed up at the moment. Agricultural commodities are getting smashed up at the moment as well. When you're looking at crude, when you're looking at copper, what I'm looking at now is, is, is falling prices. That's, that, that, that is good for equities. It's good for risk. It's causing inflation expectations to fall, which is great for risk. The problem is it would be much better if it wasn't driven by, lack, by a perception of falling demand. If it was actually rising supply that was causing the prices to move, then the equity markets would be rejoicing at this lower crude price, at this lower copper price. But it's about the perception of, of recession. And I think Powell opened the bag to that one last night. So I think commodity prices go down. That, in theory, is the handbrake against them, the release valve that we're seeing. Um, but you know, I think commodities are now, they, they drove us up there. Commodity prices, because of supply side issues and all these other factors, caused inflation to rise. Um, but now you're actually seeing commodity prices rolling over, which, of course, is disinflationary. This is the must-watch area of the market right now. What are you seeing? I, I see the same thing. Uh, you know, I mean, we we were talking about just this morning with our traders. We were talking about the move in 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 uh, in, in um, uh, nat gas, mm. cotton, copper. Uh, you know, the, the, you're just seeing it across the board. Wheat. Uh, you know, everything is coming down. And the way I'm trying to figure out right now is, is, you know, what do I do with some of these commodity currencies? Have they, you know, have they bottomed out? Are we going to see a rejoice, as you point out, the rejoice in equity markets? And you, you made a good point why they're not rejoicing. But eventually, will stocks catch a bit as a result to, to commodity prices finally coming well, do down? You, know you, you know what you do, mate? You just, you're rolling out. The, the market is, has shown you last night what they want to do. They want to be out of energy stocks. They want to be out of material stocks. They want to go into staples. You go into places with far more predictable cash flows, good return on equities, you know, low levels of, of, of leverage on the balance sheet. So there's a rotation out of energy and out of materials. You mean, there's a good pairs trade, long short strategies here. Like, you know, go short energy, uh, go long staples, utilities. You know, those low beta 
uh, plays are going to be are going to be the outperformer there. So I think you know from a, from a relative perspective, relative value, relative you know long short strategies, I think work there. But I think energy could be in the doghouse in, in the short term there. But yeah, I'll be watching break evens as well. Inflation expectations. Yeah, two-year break-evens were doing 20 basis points as a result so of what we saw yesterday. So inflation expectations are starting to fall. There's a long way to go, Blake, a long, long way to go. But, you know, if inflation expectations are falling, that does play into my into my thesis that at some stage the Fed pivots. So it's a long way away. But I think that, you know, when we get this bad news could be good news for the markets. We want to wait for that psyche to change. And I think that's going to be the, the thing that we're looking out for there. How, how, how long is, in your view, how long is we're still a ways away? What are you thinking? Give me a time frame. Oh, mate, piece of string moment. But I think yeah, the, the economic situation needs to get so dire and inflation needs to fall. Um, and I think inflation actually could be going up. You know, we've got the next what? We've got the next CPI print coming out on the 13th of July. I think there's a good chance that actually builds from the 8.6% number there. So Powell made it pretty clear he wants to see a series of inflation numbers lower. I think we're miles away from that at the moment before the pivot. All right, good points. It could be another three three or four months, in my opinion. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's take it over to yields. You know, the Fed obviously historically you know, made, made, a, made a rate hike last week while you were out and about and frolicking, globe trotting everywhere. Uh, the Fed actually raised rates by 75 basis points. Did, and man. it looks like they're going to follow up with another 75 basis Correct. points. Yeah. Yet, yet we saw yields, you know, really kind of peak last week and we're starting to see them come off. So I guess I wanted to ask you, Chris, what do you think is going to be, what do you think is the driver right now? Was, was everything just kind of built in or are we going to start to see mortgage rates come down a little bit? You know, we're starting to see the 10 year, uh, you know, roll over the 30 years rolling over, you know, we were touching levels that we hadn't seen in, in, in a couple of two, three years. Mm. And uh, we, we are starting to pull back. So what do you make of this move in yields following the fed this last weekend, and every central bank, you know, being very hawkish and raising rates. Hell, we'll have Banksico and Norges Bank tomorrow that are going to be raising rates. That's so, right. what do you, what do you, what do you make of this move in yields? Mate, to call a low in yields or call a high, should we say, in yields is is been a it's been a tough trade, and, and a lot of people have been burnt making those calls. So I don't. It's, it's difficult to to make that call because um, every time. You know, you think that you've got peak hawkishness, we get another, you know, just they, they sketch it up and yeah. a notch, to be honest. So, you know, that that's the thing that we've got. Now, go and have a look at a product called CPI fixings, which I'd never heard of until about two weeks ago. But Morgan Stanley wrote a note about these fixings, which are a group of people out in the markets who, who are very, very close to the swaps market and very close to inflation, who bet effectively on inflation. They've been very, very accurate in, in predicting CPI numbers going forward. Um, yeah, I think Market Watch wrote a really good article on this one. And they're saying that the next CPI number that we get, as I say, on the 13th of July, the fixings mechanism is, is saying that we're going to see an inflation rate of 1.2% month on month, which probably gets us into the sort of into the high eights, nearly 9%. But yeah, everyone's expecting it to come up, come roll over. So I can't call a I can't call a low in, in a high in yields with any kind of conviction. But this word recession is is making its way around. If commodity prices are going lower, inflation expectations have started to roll over. They're going down quite precipitously on, on twos and fives. Um, then you probably have a bit more conviction, but it's a tough one at the moment. It's just too many conflicting forces. So I want to say that we've hit a high in yields. I really do. But every time we do that, they just keep going up. What do you think? Yeah, and and you know, I guess I guess if we keep on keep with this uh, risk off uh, scenario and the markets stay, 
you know, pressured to the downside, you know, maybe bonds are catching a bid for, for good reason. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe that, that's it. Right, do you know, this, this, this 60, 40 portfolio has just been an absolute shocker. You have bonds in the portfolio as your hedge against equities. And, and yeah, the, I think bonds, if you look at the, 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 the global aggregate um, benchmark, has had its worst performance so far of any year that, that they've had on record since the 70s. So, yeah, that's been carted out. I think there's been a lot of people who have bonds in their portfolio acting as defence who would just love bonds to work. We started to see signs of it. Um, let's see what happens there. Anyway, let's go into that's the setup. Let's have a look at some of the technicals that, are, that, that Blake was just talking about there. Okay, we're going to look at crude to start with because for me this is one of the most important ones. Why is it really important? Well, uh, inflation expectations are, are very, very correlated to what we're seeing in crude. Uh, inflation expectations are very correlated to interest rate pricing. Further out the curve, not necessarily for the July meeting that you talked about, the September meeting from the Fed, but really what's being priced in into 2023 next year. Um, and what we can see here is 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 the spot crude price. This is our price. Um, it has been made, making these series of, of higher lows. Um, we've actually just broken through that uh, as I speak at the moment. So this chart was uh, a couple of couple of hours old. We're now we're actually through that. We're in this kind of descending channel in the short term where we're making lower lows and lower highs. Um, the question is, is, is now that we've broken through that, you can see the Bollinger Bands are widening. There's, there's clear increased realized volatility playing through as we break away from the mean. Uh, can we get down into $94, which is the blue horizontal line, you know, the sort of March, uh, April lows? Can we even get down to sort of $92, which is where um, we, we were pre-Ukraine uh, invasion? That would be very positive, I suppose, for, for risk assets and lower inflation expectations. But it's a bit, it is being driven by recession fears there as well. So for me, that that this goes lower. I think we trade into 100. I think we trade uh, perhaps into 94. What do you think, Blake? Well, I think it's all Biden's tax, federal tax <laughs> holiday. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> At least I got you to laugh. At least, oh, and I, thanks, hopefully mate. I got it's, more people to laugh too. Mate, it's putting cra- <laughs> it's, it's a Band-Aid solution to this. It's, it's good for it's you. Not I, even I, worth, I, I, I it's not even you, worth talking about, Chris. Well, Not we tried something similar about. in Australia, and I think it lasted about two days, and then prices <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, just were coming out. It, it's going to make twenty cents a difference at at best. Anyway, a uh, hundred. I mean, you know, we're almost there, Chris. I, yeah. I think we got further to fall. I think you, you know the low the low nineties, what you talked about earlier, those lows from early April. I think those lo- those levels are going to be tested. Um, you know, the seventy eight percent retracement of that April low to the most recent high back in this month, it comes in just at like 99.60, roughly just, just lower than hundred. And so if we get, if we get a foothold below that level, yeah, I think we're going to be testing the 200 day moving average, which is not very far away um, around 91. So well, I there hope, you go. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of consumers out there hoping that we, uh, we see, uh, you know, single, not, not triple digit numbers on, on crude and Brent going forward. I think that would be a, a very big positive for the consumer going forward. Let's hope that happens. I think it would be. I think it would be too. Well, let's talk about some of those technical levels on the spoos because I wanted to talk about stocks. And I, I actually think, and, and I'm giving you a chart here. Uh, you've seen this chart on this show before. We've talked a lot about the head and shoulder pattern. My ultimate downside technical target of this head and shoulder pattern has been 34, 3,500 for ages and ages and ages. But I don't think we get there immediately. We're, we're challenging some channel support and uh, we're oversold. RSI is divergent. Um, I think if we can get a foothold, Chris, above the 3855 level, which is the 38% retracement 
of the most recent leg down, if we can get a rally above that 38.55 and a good daily close above that, I think we come back and see 4,000, maybe 4,100 again. I don't think we're going very far. However, you know, there are things that could feed into a bounce of, you know, a dead cap bounce, a bear market rally that could really, you know, take us all the way back up to the 200 day moving average. There'd have to be a lot falling into place in order for that to happen. But you can't rule those types of moves out when we're in a bear market. Ultimately, I think we go lower. But I think, again, above 3850, we trade back to 4000, maybe 4100. What are your thoughts on the S&P here? Yeah, I'm the same. I think think the realistic situation is is that between 3200 and 3400 is where I think there's value buyers will step in at, uh, over a long term. I think that's where I'd you know, people be getting their shopping lists out. I, I think that the earnings still need to come down. With markets consensus is 228 on EPS for this year, um, going up to 248, 48, 49 for next year. That's coming down and that as we go into the, into the July um, earnings season. Um, and I think that will push multiples up. Um, but I think everything points to longer term that we go into sort of 3,400, uh, where we'll stay. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the low. But uh yeah, I think for sort of thirty eight ninety five was it was a gap that we you know that needs to be filled um, on S and P futures. I think we probably get there, and we'll see how markets hover around from that. Probably gives you an opportunity to short into for another leg lower as as, as commodities lead us down there. So interesting one. And talking on that theme of, of commodities, Aussie Swiss has come up on my radar. Um, why? Well, it's trending. It's starting to trend lower. Um, it's a really good play on. The commodity trade, you've got Swiss franc, which has become a bit of a more of a cyclical currency. It is the strongest currency over the last five days. I love buying strong. Who doesn't like buying strong, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, the Swiss franc is now the, is, is the currency de jour. It's just French. Um, but you can see a situation now where the, everyone wants a bit of Swissy. It's got the safe haven qualities if we were to see recessionary fears manifest into lower commodity prices. You have commodities are going to take us down. Uh, which I suspect is going to be the case now. It looks like it's progressively more a trade. Then the Aussies are a great way to do that. The technicals are showing you that it's broken out of that trading range to the downside. It's starting to trend lower. It's hugging those those lower Bollinger bands that we've been seeing. Um, the rate of change is showing you that the momentum's in there as well. So this is starting to one be one that's a trend follower's trade. It's a momentum trade as well. Um, it's got the thematic vibe in there as well. So I think all signs to me that you sell rallies. I think this goes lower. What do you think? Well, did you write uh, you're taking a whiz? A, 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 I, thought that was genius. I thought that was genius, yeah. to be honest, mate. To it be honest, is but. genius. And you are genius. <laughs> now, that. the Swiss National Bank, they, they surprised the market the other day with a, with a rate hike. And even though the, their rates are still in negative territory, I have been very, very hesitant about buying Swiss francs until last week. And that's yeah. one of the things, the themes that I've, I've been going, uh, you know, around and around with our traders, even though I don't have any Swiss exposure, it is exposure that I wouldn't mind having. So any type of pullback in the Swiss franc, I am a, now a buyer. And I think the dollar Swiss is a good short. I think Sorry. the Euro Swiss is a good short. I think the Aussie Swiss is a good short. So if you ask me if I have to take a piss, I mean, I buy some Swiss, <laughs> taking some Swiss, what are I'll you do telling, that too. What are you telling the, uh, the Forex analytics guys are you are you telling people now that the swiss has changed from being just a pure funder and safe haven quality to one which is more of a cyclical currency quickly because my producer's giving me uh giving me the thumbs up here yeah i know i'm saying i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it because i think the swiss national bank is going to come out of that this negative rate policy and that's going to allow for those of us who have been wanting to buy the swiss franc 
to be buyers. So there we go. Um, so I want to take you over to the other side of the other side of the world. And I want to say it's a fiesta time. It's a, it's a peso <laughs> party. And, uh, I like the dollar Mex, Chris, you know, yep. you, you, you know, my theme here with the Mexican peso outperforming, you know, in, in a risk off environment. And now that I think that stocks are trying to trying to show some signs of life here, the Mexican peso is as well. And what you'll notice is we had a rejection at the 618 golden fib, uh, the Fibonacci ratio of the, uh, it was the March 8th high to the low in May. Uh, we stopped at 2071. 2072. That's a 618 retracement. And it is also trendline resistance, which is not on that chart. When we reversed, it took us down. It's taken us below the 50% retracement. I think we're going to revisit the 1960 level support. I'm not sure if we're going to break down below that level yet, the 1950, 1960 level, but I think the momentum is there. I think the, the, the Mexican peso is showing some signs of strength and you should see the Euro Swiss. It looks like, or Euro peso, excuse me. It looks horrendous as well. So what do you think about the Mexican peso here? Is it party peso party time for you? Yeah. I mean, it's got that crude exposure. It's a petro currency. It's got the commodity exposure. It's got some good carry there as well. Um, yeah. The, the Mexican central bank still going to be raising rates as are the fed. Um, Tomorrow, but no, yeah, but I mean, ultimately, it's going down, isn't it? The pair's going down, so you immediately just take a take a negative bias on that, take a positive bias on the the peso uh, in the short term. I wouldn't be buying that until we actually see signs on the daily there and uh, into the four hours that it's making a bottom and it looks like it wants to go up. But if if dollar mex is going to go up, then we're going to probably need to see you know, equities falling quite precipitously, the rate of change picking up, and all those factors there. So it's an interesting one. I don't have a great feel on this, this on this pair and and certainly the mex. But right now, if you were to ask me where I think the, the balance of probabilities are, um, I think probably your target would be would be where I'd be favouring. I'd be favouring downside than upside here at the moment. So, yeah, uh, a nice, interesting chart. Probably going to need to do a bit more uh, homework on the uh, on, on what's happening in Mexico there. But uh, anyway, let's go into the play of the day. Let's see what's uh, making uh, making news in in Blake's mind. Well, Blake. I want to bring up the uh, the soybeans one again. Look at the headline that I've got here: soybean smoked. Now I think that's again another soybean. genius. Soybean, it's another genius <laughs> headline there. But look, we have the commodity theme here. I know soybeans for a lot of people is a little bit exotic. That's what I do. Um, but what what you've got there is 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 you know you've seen this huge distribution playing through. Uh, price made those highs into seventeen twenty. We've sort of traded in a sideways channel. We've been making, you know, trading a tight range. Now we've broken through there. This to me is a very powerful setup. Um, I, I, I think all signs are this goes lower. Can it start trending? What I love about agricultural commodities and soft commodities, and I talk about this time and time again on the show. Um, is that when these move and when they trend, they can trend beautifully, which is why all the CTAs, you know, tend to like have these on their radar. Now you will pay a little bit more money for spread, and which is you know, certainly more than Euro dollar and all those things, but you pay for the movement, you pay for the trend. So if you're a momentum trader, if you're a trend follower, you know, you're all over soybeans, you're all over, yeah, a lot of these different uh, industrial and agricultural metals now and commodities, should we say. Uh, but I think this this is a very powerful breakout. I think this goes lower here. Well, I, I think I, I, I like being soybean smoked. I like it. So I'm going to take you over to the uh, the boomer trade, uh, which is the Bitcoin. You know, it's like, hey, boomer. Anyway, uh, I like the I like Bitcoin. You know why, Chris? 
I love it when the weak hands get shooken out. I love it. And over the weekend, when we broke that uh, 19,666 previous high, it just smoked every stop out there, took them all out over the weekend, and we popped back up by Sunday night. And here we are basing. Now, I'm not bullish Bitcoin until, because this is, it is a setup, but I still think it's going to play out. We got to get above 21,700. That'll have be an inverted head and shoulder pattern. It'll take us approximately back up to about 25,000. The spike low that you see way back over here on May 22nd or May uh, 12th, excuse me. And so any rally into 25,500, I am a seller, but I think the risk is the Bitcoin gets a bounce and it suckers more longs in before it rolls back over and goes to hell in a handbasket, as you pointed out, Chris. So you're just that underlying that word until is is the key until, one until so you're waiting until. for it just i mean yeah just want some confidence that it's going to continue going up you know a, a, a thing buy high sell higher effectively so you wait for the market to show you that it that it wants to start having a move build the conviction and that word until yep. is the word uh, which uh, the, the, the dealer's got to the dealer's got to show a six chris before i i double down not a pair that? of ones, snake eyes. <laughs> All right, mate. Anyway, thank you very much. If you if you stayed on watching the program, I, I I'd imagine you like the show. So give us a like. That would be great. Uh, if you want to leave us a comment, there's obviously a lot of focus on commodities. Uh, you know, commodity currencies. Uh, you know, Blake's got a view on Bitcoin that it potentially goes up until. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of focus going through there. I think we're in the regime change now. I think we're in the next leg of this phase, which is going to be driven by lower commodities. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Anyway, until next week, that's all from Blake and I. We'll see you next week.